It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Do you, another local team out of Jersey, of course, Fairly Dickinson, the Knights, they're trying to shock the world. They're the 16. They're taking on top seed Purdue. They just started the second half, and FDU's got a one-point lead, believe it or not, 35-34 over Big Zach Eady and the Purdue Boilermakers. Look, I am not a Purdue guy. I, in my bracket, actually have them losing in the second round to Memphis. I don't believe in them whatsoever. Um, but I certainly don't expect their journey to end tonight against FDU. I mean, it would be unbelievable if it did, but I just don't think that that's going to happen. As we saw in the earlier game involving uh, Iona and UConn, a lot of basketball still to play. A lot of basketball still because Iona took the lead to the locker room in that one, and then UConn came out and really just wore them down, flexed their muscles over the second half of that game and won it going away. We'll have some Patino sound for you coming up a little bit later on, too. He addressed the media afterwards about his job speculation, whether or not he's going to be moving on to greener pastures, whether it's St. John's, whether it's someplace else, what his status is at Iona. So we'll uh, let you hear from Patino coming up a little bit later on once we get all that sound here to you. So that is our uh, little March Madness update. And as I said, we'll keep it going for you here throughout the rest of the evening. Now, as for baseball, and in case you're just joining us, it's like the bad news just keeps compounding here if you're a Mets fan. Brandon Nimmo sliding into second base tonight down in Port St. Lucie, grimacing in pain. Had to be helped off the field. Buck Walter and, and the trainer looks to be something with his knee. Don't have any update yet. We'll give it to you as soon as we do. Nevertheless, injuries and Mets have become synonyms now, right? They go hand in hand. Really, I think one that's been pretty constant with the Mets organization pretty much since the beginning of time has just been misfortune. Bad luck, anything you want to say. But that's the reality of the situation. And the Diaz one... You know, Wednesday was a weird day because you had all the euphoria from earlier in the afternoon about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers said he wants to be a Jet. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, if you're like a Jet Met guy, you're like, oh, hey, you know what? This is going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to have the season already. Games are going to be a hell of a lot of fun to chronicle this year. And, you know, the work that we do with the Jets on 98.7, it's going to be awesome. Awesome, as my friend would say. So then... Wednesday night happens, and I'm trying to remember what I was doing Wednesday night, what I was watching. I might have been watching the tournament, like the playing games from Dayton. I sure as hell wasn't watching the World Baseball Classic. I can promise you that. But I think I might have been watching the tournament games, maybe even some hockey. I don't, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But nevertheless, it, it got to be about 10 o'clock, a little after, and my phone starts blowing up like crazy. And they're saying, Diaz, Diaz. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Like, did he go out there and strike out the side or something in the WBC? Which, again, does nothing for me. And I, and I have no idea. And then finally, like, the texts are starting to get a little bit more specific. Like, Diaz hurt bad. And I'm thinking initially, oh, wonderful. What did he do? What did he blow out his arm or something? 
he, you know, he walked off the field. You know, they called the pitching coach out, and he's holding his elbow or he's holding his shoulder. And, you know, as we've seen so many times over the years involving players or, excuse me, involving pitchers, instead of he hurt himself how? He did what? You mean the game was over already? Wait, what, what, do you, what do you mean the game was over and he got hurt while he was cel- – what, what do you mean he's leaving in a wheelchair and he got injured while they were celebrating? What do you, what do you mean? Like it, it, and then, then you go online real quick, and then you're trying to get, like, video evidence of this because you think, like, people are playing a joke on you. It can't be real. Injured, celebrating, leaving in a wheelchair. What were they using, fireworks to celebrate? You know, were they, like, celebrating with machetes? Is that, like, something they do in the World Baseball Classic? Like, what do you mean he left in a wheelchair? And then you saw what happened, and you're like, you got to be kidding me. It's like Kendrys Morales all over again. Remember Kendrys Morales, the old um, first baseman slash DH for the Angels most, most uh, predominantly? And then he hit, like, a walk-off home run or something, and as he, you know, like, they wait for him at home plate, and as he's rounding the bases, he jumped on home plate, and then I guess, like, he slipped and skid, and he messed up his leg real bad, and he was really never the same again after that. And then ever since then, like, you know, at least for a while in baseball, they tried to maybe, like, curtail these celebrations to where, God forbid, something doesn't happen to that extent. And so that's your first thought. And you go back and you're re-watching the scene on the field and, you know, how the players were excited and they were jumping up and down. And the more and more you watch it, like, it wasn't even that aggressive. You know, it was very kind of like the PG version of celebrations, even by baseball standards. Because then you had to go back and examine it, like at the Zabruder film, and see when Edwin Diaz actually, like, went to the ground and how he got hurt and and, and how he just kind of crumbled like a deck of cards. But it happened. And... it's reality now. And it really is a nightmare scenario. And you could chalk this up to a player getting hurt in preseason in the NFL to where it's season ending. You chalk it up to, like I said, in baseball, a spring training injury, whatever it might be. You know, and certainly if you're a Met fan, you had plenty of those over the last couple of years just from Jacob DeGrom alone who, you know, goes out there and throws, and then something's bothering him, and he's a little soft, and it's a little sensitive, and this and that, and no, he's not going to throw again for several weeks, and then several weeks turns into several months, and you get the point. Now, the other thing that's kind of happened over the last couple of days, as far as this discussion has gone with the World Baseball Classic, is that it's become such a, 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 a polarizing debate. Because apparently, you can't, mourn the fact that Edwin Diaz suffered a season-ending injury and also be angry at the fact that it happened at the World Baseball Classic without being then labeled a bad guy or you're prejudiced or, you know, even racist, right? Discriminatory, whatever word you want to use. And all I got to say is is that, no, like, they could be two separate entities. And as a matter of fact, they are. Okay, you could be a Met fan and you could be upset that your all-star closer, the guy that you gave $100 million to in the offseason, a guy who's one of the most important players on your team, is out for the season. And yes, he suffered an injury not under the Mets' watch. But then you can also say that you really have no use for the World Baseball Classic and you could care less about it. And you know what? That's fine, too. It doesn't make you a bad person. It really and truly doesn't. 
Saying that you have no interest in a sporting event, explain to me like h- how that makes you a bad guy. Or that you're somebody who, who doesn't see things the way they should. There's only so many things that a person either likes or doesn't like. It, it, it really is quite simple. And as far as I'm concerned, look, I love baseball. Love baseball. Fantastic. You know, cover it religiously, daily, ins and outs. Love it. And to be fair, since the World Baseball Classic started, I could care absolutely less about it. 100%. And I'm going back to whenever the hell the first one was, whatever year that was. And however many incarnations of the World Baseball Classic they've had since, I think it's either, what, like five or six, I've been told? I could care less. I have not watched a pitch of the World Baseball Classic. Not a single pitch. There is no room on my sports plate for the World Baseball Classic. What I mean by my sports plate is, look, I get this is my job, and I get I'm supposed to keep track of what the hell's going on and things that are happening. And I think, you know, I'm biased. I say I do a pretty damn good job. All right? You know me long enough. I think I'm on top of my P's and Q's. But there's only so many things that I can cram into 24 hours a day. And this is not it. Because, hey, I know that we're not going to be talking about it on these shows ever unless something like this happens. But it's not going to be like a strategic conversation. We're not going to be sitting there talking about, oh, my God, how the hell does Yadier Molina not hit and run when he's got runners on the corners and two out? No, because nobody cares. We're only talking about this thing like, you know what? Hold your breath. Say a prayer. Whatever amount of players your favorite team sends there, you hope they make it back in one piece. That is what I say each and every time we have one of these tournaments. That's it. I hope nobody gets hurt. I don't care what team it is. And unfortunately, the worst case scenario transpired, if you're a Met fan, that you don't have Edwin Diaz. But it doesn't make you a bad person if you don't like the World Baseball Classic. Okay, you could be angry that Diaz is hurt and he got hurt at the WBC, but it doesn't make you a bad person. You're a baseball fan. You're a Met fan. That's it. I got no idea who won the World Baseball Classic the last time it was played. I got no idea who's won it in the previous seasons. I couldn't even tell you. Could not even tell you. You know what? It's kind of like the people that are sitting here like pounding the table. And I don't, again, I don't even know how we got into this realm. How the anger and the outrage over a, a noteworthy player getting injured has turned into somebody and, and a majority of the people like really going a bat, no pun intended, for this event. All right, the event's not going anywhere. Major League Baseball's behind it. They've sanctioned it. They've sponsored it. It's all good. Okay, it's got their backing. And I saw it today, which was really good news, at least according to reports. Baseball has insurance that's going to cover the Mets for all that money that Diaz is not going to get this year because, well, he's going to get it, but Mets don't have to pay this because he's injured. Baseball's insurance covers it, so the 18, 19 million bucks, whatever Diaz coming, has coming his way, Mets are going to get that covered with insurance. Now, how is that going to pertain to the luxury tax side of things? Don't know yet. That needs to be worked out because if you think about the Mets and you think about their payroll plus the competitive balance tax, I mean, it's well over 400 million bucks. Do they get a little bit of a savings there? You know, does Steve Cohen get like one of those online? Does, does um, Rob Manfred email Steve Cohen like a 10% coupon code for the, the, when he has to pay the luxury tax? Does that happen at all? But nevertheless, as far as this event is, it's almost kind of like 
the old joke where we say, like, please like my sport. Like me, like me, like me. You know, fans of, like, niche sports, if you will. You know, hockey fans have had this argument for a while. And I'm a hockey fan, of course. Love it. Die hard. But hockey, at least in this country, in terms of popularity, pales in comparison to some of our other sports, some of our more established sports. And for the longest time, like, it's been this argument, like, please like my sport, please like my sport. I'm a hockey fan. Please take me as seriously as baseball, as basketball, as, as, as football, yada, yada, yada. And it's fine. Hey, I'm a tennis fan. Okay? That's even a smaller group of the public. And it's certainly not a hell of a lot of stuff that's going to be talked about on this radio station or on Sports Talk Radio in general. But you know what? I watch it. I cover it. But it doesn't mean I'm going to sit there and try to, like, ram it down people's throats either. It's a hobby. It's what you like. And it's okay for you to be a baseball fan and not like the World Baseball Classic either. Guess what? I'm a huge hockey fan, but I'm not watching, like, the World Cup of Hockey whenever that thing rolls around. I could care less. Could care less. And a lot of people are making the comparison, oh, do people complain this much about the World Cup, like with soccer? It is apples and freaking oranges. The World Baseball Classic is nothing like the World Cup. First and foremost, the World Cup has been around forever, okay? And number two, the best players play in the World Cup. Are the best players playing in the World Baseball Classic? Which is one of the things that turned me off probably when I heard that they were conjuring this thing up all those years ago. Because last time I checked, you know, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, among others, were all not pitching for Team USA. I would think that if this was indeed the cream of the crop, the best players, those three guys would find their way onto the roster. I don't think that, you know, they would be on the cut line, if you will, if you were trying to round out a starting staff. Because they're three of the top, you know, what, six, seven starters in baseball. So for a variety of reasons, I'm angry. And you're a Met fan, you should be angry. And I know that injuries can happen in spring training, a la Brandon Nimmo tonight, right? Gavin Lux of the Dodgers got injured running the bases this year. He's out for the season in spring training. Yeah, I get it, but I don't know. It's for a job that's paying him very, very handsomely to go out there and do his job. So you'd look at it a little bit differently. But I don't sit there and begrudge the World Baseball Classic. If you like the WBC, watch it. You know, I believe there's even a quarterfinal game on tonight. I think the USA plays tomorrow night, somebody told me. Great. Enjoy it. I'm more into the NCAA tournament. Okay? This is, to me, a marquee sporting event every year. Other people might think the World Baseball Classic is. More power to you. And after all, it comes around once every six years, apparently. Well, I guess it was supposed to be three, but with the COVID stuff, you know, they have to keep pushing it back and pushing it back. Now, if you ask me, the timing sucks. You know, I don't like the fact that you're pulling people away from spring training, getting ready for the season. And, oh, by the way, you're operating on a totally different set of rules than the ones that they're going to be playing with for the Major League Baseball season. That's also something that's bad. And I know that there is no perfect time of the year, but if you're asking one man's opinion and that one man would be me, I would say play the damn thing in November or December, right after the season. They're still in shape. And then you say, well, what about guys who are in teams that didn't make the playoffs? Well, you know what? That's their tough luck. If, you, if it means that much to you, and that's what I've been told, that this means more to them than winning the World Series, some players, and that's fine. That's fine. But if it means so much to players, then let them play in November. Because I'll tell you what, if, God forbid, you ever have an injury like what took place with Edwin Diaz and the World Baseball Classic was in November, What's the timetable for this thing? They're saying six to eight months. Okay. 
If this happens in November, there's still a shot that Edwin Diaz could pitch for the Mets for the next baseball season. But the fact that it's happening in March, two weeks before the season starts, Edwin Diaz probably ain't going to see the mound this year for the Mets. That's what sucks. So just to summarize again, I don't like the World Baseball Classic. And I didn't like it before Edwin Diaz got hurt. I didn't watch a pitch. And for those that do like it, more power to you. Don't let me stand in the way of your fun. But you're also allowed to be angry, if you're a Met fan, that one of your best players got injured for a tournament that not everybody is on board with. That's okay, too. I just don't understand why this outrage. And it's, you know, people got to be so sensitive and reinterpret these initial feelings to be something completely baseless and a completely and entirely different direction. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Love to hear from you about how you rationalize the events of the last 48 hours. And also, um, Mets got a real problem on their hands now. Like, oh, I don't know, who's going to get the final three outs of a game? Since you had the best closer in baseball doing it last year. 800-919-3776, Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Purdue looks like they're getting their sea legs under them a little bit here. And, you know, could be. I say could be. Danger time here for FDU. I could, I, I could easily see Purdue opening up a double-digit lead in the next few minutes. But you never know. Look at that. They hit a big shot there. It's 47-43 Boilermakers. What, about 11 and change left to go in that one? But Bears watching. We shall see. Hey, I give FDU credit for hanging around this long. Uh, I really thought this was a bad matchup for them, certainly with the presence of Edie. And uh, Mason Gillis has been coming along late for uh, Purdue. I just thought they'd be too much, too physical for them. But they're hanging around. they got a three-point game 
uh, with 11 minutes to go, so we will keep you posted on that one. Remember, we'll talk to the coach of the Princeton Tigers coming up at the top of the hour. They upset Arizona yesterday. They'll play Missouri in the tournament tomorrow. We have an update from the Mets. Drum roll regarding Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo left tonight's game with right ankle soreness. He will undergo imaging tomorrow, and updates will be provided when appropriate. All right, let's take, take our best guess right now. How long do you think Nimmo's going to be out for? Do you think it's going to be two months, four months? Like, you know, as a Met fan, you're so beaten down that you can't even, like, throw it in, like, in, present it in terms of, like, days or weeks. It, it can only be something bad, like months, right? Months. Hey, it was about a year ago this time where Jacob DeGrom was only supposed to be shut down for a few days, right, with his issue. And then that turned into the, uh, the you know, scalpel or whatever with the shoulder, and then we didn't see him again to what, August? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, when it rains. And that's the – see, here's the problem. You know, you could talk about the payroll, and, and I've heard this, like, since the Diaz thing, too. It's like, oh, well, you know, Steve Cohen, he's got all this money, and he'll spend, he'll spend, he'll spend. All right, guys, you might not have looked. It's March. It's the middle of March. We've had training camp, spring training. Rosters are set. You know, there's no more shopping to be done. No more free agency. It's over with. So if you want to go out there and realistically find yourself a new closer, who, by the way, there's one other guy in baseball who's on the level of Diaz right now, and that's Emmanuel Classe in Cleveland. Cleveland's not trading him to you. He makes, like, no money, and he's still under their control, and he ain't going anywhere. So what guy are you going to be able to get? I'll tell you the name. Wow, look at that. FDU goes on a nice little spurt, and they take a two-point lead. How do you like? Give them a lot of credit. An 8-0 run. An 8-0 run since this yo-yo opened his mouth and said Purdue might be getting ready to open up this game. See, they must have heard me. Um, David Bednar is a name with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's been an all-star closer. I'm shocked the Pirates didn't trade him in either of the past two trade deadlines because they probably would have gotten something halfway decent for him, more than halfway decent. So that's probably somebody who's going to be highly coveted in and around Major League Baseball, and certainly the Mets are going to be paying attention because now they need help with the closers role. But if you're going to look internally, I mean, what are you talking about? You're talking about Adam Adovino. You're talking about David Roberts. I mean, David Robertson, right? I mean, he's okay, but, you know, this isn't David Robertson who was with the Yankees all those years ago. Got a lot of mileage on that arm. You know, he's had a lot of issues, injuries over the years. You know, he was okay for Philadelphia last year when they traded for him as a hired gun and helping him get to the World Series. I actually thought he had a pretty decent season all around, but he's also someone that I don't want to push. Because I think at this stage of his career, I mean, he's like 37, 38 years of age, I think that the more you ask from a guy like David Robertson at this stage of the game, you're going to start to see the cracks. So whether Buck Showalter decides to go by closer by committee or something like that, you, you can't replace Edwin Diaz. You can't. And I know that it's only a specialty role, and I know that generally he's pitching three outs a night, but those are three big outs, three really, really big outs. You know, that role and that guy not doing his job, especially in the big spots, 
have cost teams seasons. And when you're a team like the Mets, who are operating under a championship or bust philosophy, and I think that it has to be, right? Don't you agree? Like last year, I wouldn't have necessarily even thought that. Even when we got to the playoffs, and they were fresh off winning 101 games, came this close to winning the division, when that postseason started and they were going up against San Diego, I said, the one thing you cannot do is lose to the Padres. You have to at least be able to make it out of the first round. They couldn't even friggin' do that. But I said it wasn't championship or bust. You know, if you win a couple of rounds and you lose in the NLCS, it's not the worst thing in the world. Completely different story this year. These expectations, the payroll, everything involved, coming off of 100-win seasons, it's championship or bust for the Mets. And now you don't have Diaz. So it just became that much harder. I'm not saying it's impossible. Right? Because there have been teams that have won championships without elite closers. Right? It can be done. But if you get the starting pitching that you hope to get, and that's another story with this team because it is a little bit of an aging rotation, and now you got Jose Quintana who's going to be down for a few months with the issues that he was having, you are going to ask your bullpen to maybe do a little bit more heavy lifting. And I'd like the bullpen that the Mets put together in the offseason, but now when you're missing the anchor in the back, the guy who was truly dominant, well, that's a problem. I mean, shoot, the Houston Astros last year with Ryan Presley closing. I mean, Ryan Presley's a nice pitcher, but Ryan Presley's not going to the Hall of Fame anytime soon. You know, he was the closer for the Astros. But when he could hit like Houston did, when he could pitch in your starting rotation like Houston could, when the rest of that bullpen was as rock solid as it was, your closer's kind of just like, all right, do the same job everybody else has been doing. Diaz was different. Diaz was another level. And even if you thought that Diaz was going to be on the team the entire season, I think it was a legitimate question and a legitimate concern at the beginning of the year saying, well, um, how much better could he be than he was last year? Like human nature, you had to almost expect a little bit of a backwards track because he was almost perfect. It hurts. It hurts. Does it ruin their season? No. But it's rough. 800-919-3776. Mitch in East Windsor up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Mitch, how are you? What's happening, Dan? Is it Saturday morning already? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, Mitch. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. The weeks are always long. Weekends go too fast. Um, it's just the luck of the Mets and, the, and my Dodgers. But the Mets got two uh, Hall of Fame pitches. I mean, it's hard to believe they got Scherzer and um, uh, his name. Oh, 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 his name escapes me. Well, they have two Hall of Fame pitches. I stand corrected. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be an awesome uh, starting pitcher. They had one of the best uh, pitch staffs in the league. Dodgers, all these years, they've been letting go of these shortstops. And then they finally going to ride with Lux, and he gets hurt. This is, now you're going to ride with Miggy. Uh, you're going to ride with Miggy Rojas here, at least for the time being. Oh, yeah, because he has a good glove. Come on, he batted two. He was playing for the Marlins. How good could he Look, Miggy, good Miggy's, a good, Miggy's a good dude, Mitch, and I thank you for the phone call. But look, I know, you know, the Dodgers know that Miguel Rojas can't be your shortstop for 162 games. Not at this stage of his career. He's, he's not equipped. He's not. He's not. Dodgers will go out there and make a move. 
They had Trey Turner once upon a time, but look, Dodgers are a team lying in the weeds. You know where they're going. The other guy that's playing in Southern California right now in the other league, don't you think there's a pretty darn good chance that he's a Dodger, or that he's a Dodger at some point over the next couple of seasons? 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Fran of Massapequa was up next. Franny, how we doing? How we doing, pal? How we have on these new headphones? How we doing, all right? Fran, you sound outstanding, truly. Oh, you can, you can hear me. Awesome. Yeah, I was telling the girl, I'm a long-time caller to the FAN, you know, and uh, I switched over because the losers got jealous because I was, you know, I was calling both stations. I used to be an FAN guy, and I started calling ESPN, you know, and supposedly they found out, and they ain't too happy the afternoon show, so they banned me. I call well, now, and they hang up. They won't let can you imagine that? They won't let I, me on the Fran, air. I, Fran, I don't know how you can wake up in the morning. I mean, that sounds like it's just tragic. I know. That's my problem. <laughs> no, but I, I like ESPN, so it's actually a good thing. I, I'm, I'm really an ESPN fan. You guys do a great job, and I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I'm a true fan. Um, I'm, I'm, first of all, Gonzaga, man. They killed me first half. Thanks, Gonzaga, you bunch of bums. And, uh, what was the first the half match, line for them? Nine. I put I bet nine. I had it straight to two, and then two hundred. And then I had uh, had a parlay. I had a hundred fifty dollar parlay. Gonzaga bet down to seven, and I had the Rangers tomorrow against the, the you know what Penguins. You know who? Uh, you know I don't know if you know this, and, and and the listeners out there, the team that Gonzaga's playing, they're playing Grand Canyon. You know who the coach yeah, of Grand so Canyon is? The kid who hit the shot. They had him on Bryce. Yeah, uh, I, I, Bryce yeah. Drew. Yep. Bryce Drew, the kid oh, who hit the uh, game winner for Valpo all those years ago. Yep, you know, and they had the coach there. The coach, the coach. And he was coaching. Yeah, he coached at Valpo. He everything. But just real quick, thanks for so much for the time. I'm a diehard Met fan, and this is this is a brutal. This is this is brutal what happened to Diaz, and not only that, I got to see tonight my co-favorite player. I love Nimmo, Nimmo and Alonzo, but Nimmo gets walked off the field. He can't even walk. He's got to be helped off the field. Didn't like it at all. Is this what's gonna? Is this? It's the curse of the Mets. That's it. Eighty-six. Somehow we won. I was a little young. I was five years old in '69. It's the curse of the Mets. Nothing you can do. That's why I try to explain to people: enjoy the season, the home wins, and that's pretty much it. It's so hard being a Mets fan. Love you, man. You do a great job, buddy. Keep up the good work. I like when you work with the guys in the afternoon. Just so you, you know, you're, you're, you're solid, man. Thanks. Fred, I appreciate it. There's Fran Masapico. He's got the new headsets and everything, technology at its finest. Hey, when we come back, we've got some breaking news involving college basketball, involving one of the locals, involving a new coaching hire. Mm. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Just under four to play. First round action in the tournament. You got FDU trying to shock the world. Up one on Purdue. 54-53. The Boilermakers have gone about three and a half minutes without a point. This is incredible. Like, I, I am not high in this Purdue team, like I said. I thought they'd be done in round two. I never expected this. Purdue just likes, looks a step faster. Um, and the crazy thing is, FDU, they're getting good looks. On offense, they're getting good looks. They're just not all falling. I mean, if those were dropping, I mean, this thing might even be more out of hand right now. They're collapsing down on Zach Eady on defense. This is something. 3.07 left. FDU up one. Boy, Tobin Anderson, the coach, he wanted that smoke after they won the other night. Purdue don't want to play us. And you know what? So far for about 37 minutes, looks like a profit. Unbelievable. Anyways, said we had some um, breaking news. So earlier today, Iona loses to UConn, and their season's over with. And remember, there was speculation even going into the postseason that maybe Rick Pitino would be moving on from Iona, going someplace else. So this was him after the loss today to UConn about his timetable, whether or not he's going to be pursuing other jobs. Remember, he was tied to St. John's. What do you think? Not really. You know, I, I really haven't put any thought into it at all. I hear a question from you, and I think when you start thinking ahead, you always fail. And we, we put a lot of effort into this game, and I don't know. I don't know if, if it's right for me, uh, another job. I don't know that. Uh, it's something, like I said before, I know you're all alluding to St. John's, but I've, I've never seen St. John's. So that was his answer, right? That was, that's what he had to say. Moments ago, my buddy, been on the show plenty of times, John Fanta from Fox Sports, Field of 68, reporting that St. John's intends to hire Rick Pitino as their basketball coach. And just reading the story, sources close to the program. University plans to finalize a deal with Patino in the coming days. Been reported that Patino has a mutual interest in taking over the Red Storm. There you go. I mean, look, it was rumored, it was speculated, and if you're St. John's, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Only coach in college basketball history to lead three teams to the Final Four. Yes, he's 70 years of age, but he doesn't coach like he's 70. I mean, you see him on those sidelines. He's stomping up and down. He's into the game. I mean, it's in his backyard. He's from here. He knows the area. You know that he'll find a way to get the talent needed to go to St. John's. Bottom line, 
He'll find a way to make this work. The guy has won everywhere he goes. Remember, goes to Iona. Goes to Iona in the middle of a pandemic. Takes over a team that's pretty good. Remember, when Tim Kloos was there, they had talent. They were going to the tournament. But still, the challenges that present themselves coaching in the MAC was able to go to the tournament a couple of times. The guy brings credibility. The guy is an instant winner. If you're a St. John's fan, this is like Christmas morning for you. You know, while you sit there and watch everybody else try to win a national championship and play all these meaningful postseason games. You know, we were on last week when the Big East tournament was happening in the city at Madison Square Garden. And when St. John's decided to part ways with Mike Anderson, that was one of the things that I brought up was, you know, why, why can't this be St. John's? Right? Why, what's wrong? Why can't St. John's get back to this? How come? Well, it's been a while. You know, when you see what UConn is doing under Dan Hurley, you see what Greg McDermott's doing with Creighton. Creighton is a school in, in freaking Nebraska that somehow found themselves in the Big East because of the musical chairs and everything that happens because of realignment and shuffling and all that stuff with, with college athletics. So Creighton is going to the NCAA tournament making runs. Marquette, for crying out loud, which is still relatively new to the Big East, but Marquette is a team that if they went to a Final Four this year, you wouldn't be shocked. They just won a Big East championship. Xavier, even though they had to pull a rabbit out of their hat today, and it was a miracle that they won, but look at what the Xavier program has become. Villanova's won two national titles in the last how many years? UConn's been to Final Fours, won two national titles. A little tiny school like Butler, even though Butler wasn't in the Big East when they did it, but Butler went to back-to-back -back national championship games under Brad Stevens. Remember that? And yet, St. John's, we sit there and wonder, when are they going to be a factor again? In New York City, on the national landscape. I understand that this is a pro town. I get it. I totally get it. But St. John's hasn't won an NCAA tournament game since 2000. 2000! Think about that. That was before the Subway Series. That's how long it's been. And now you bring in a guy like Patino, if these reports are true, and I don't doubt my man Fanta, he's on top of his stuff. But everywhere this guy is gone, win, 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 win. Not saying it's going to happen next year, but hey, if you're going to tell me Rick Patino is now in charge of your program, wouldn't you like to think that in a couple of years, at worst, you're going to be back in the NCAA tournament? Maybe even next year. Maybe even next year, because remember, in college basketball right now, it's a heck of a lot easier to reload than maybe the way that it used to be. You can have an entirely different team thanks to the transfer portal. An entirely different team. And there are going to be guys that will be more inclined to come to New York City and to come to St. John's. Remember, you're going to lose a battle when it comes to amenities and facilities and all these other things compared to some of these other major programs across the country. That's a problem that St. John's has had to endure for a lot of years. That if you are a kid that has options and you're being recruited by a lot of schools, when you start to take all the visits and you start checking all the boxes, a lot of these other campuses and these universities across the country are going to blow St. John's away with what they can offer. Blow them away. And now you got to also factor in NIL money. What type of a landscape is there going to be, you know, for somebody that goes to St. John's? Even with the New York City tie-in. This is a good move. Not official, but again, according to reports, this is big.
Patino back in New York. Back with the Johnnies. At least according to Fox Sports. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back. We'll talk a little Knicks. We'll talk a little Knicks, and then we'll get to Mitch Henderson, coach of the Princeton Tigers. He'll join us coming up at 9 o'clock. Dan Gross' show, we roll till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 